0: Welcome to the Unscripted Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Conrad, and this show is where we hear the real stories from real people changing the world. From everyday people to the top celebrities, all the conversations are real, raw, and always unscripted. Thank you for joining me today. Now let's get to today's guest. All right, everybody, welcome to Unscripted One on One from my still non- unnamed news studios here in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, pretty cool day today. I've, I've been, been teasing it a little bit on uh, on social media, but uh, let me let my guest introduce himself. For many people, he, he needs no introduction, but let me go ahead go ahead and let my uh, guest introduce himself, and we'll go from there. Um,
1: my name is Chad Fisher. I uh, am the lead pastor of Rock City Church here in Columbus. Um, married. To my wife Katie for, uh, I think seventeen years. We can edit. It's <laughs> so about two thousand and three. Passed two thousand and three. Uh, we were married, and then uh, I've got two two kids, two daughters, uh, Morgan and Macy, uh, who are eleven and thirteen. So life is full right now, in the Fisher house, but in a good way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and Chad mentioned it. Um, as everybody knows, if you've listened to this anytime, watched anytime online, um, you've, you know that we have an underwritten rule that you can just say pass if there's any question I ever ask. And we understand that's just something we can't answer. Marriage, is it, I don't know. That's a first for me. So, But, but uh, we all get it. We all get it. it so is, it's all good. It's, it's all good. 17 years. So there you go. All right. So, and we can always edit. So, <laughs> although I don't have the editing team that you do, so <laughs> might need some help, but no. So you mentioned it, life is full and, and it's very full. And I wanted to, to have you on really a lot for, because, um, you know, COVID hits and we can, we'll get into that. Like we're going to kind of start and then go way back in history, I think. And that is, you know, Rock City has been a, um, a beacon for so many people Thanks to the online presence, thanks to uh, ABC6, and so a lot of people are being introduced to Rock City for the first time. So I thought it'd be a good idea. Can we go back to the very beginning, to uh, <laughs> living in a van down by the river <laughs> days of Rock City, and you know, just and you don't have to spend a ton of time on it, but can you give us the, for a lot of people they don't know what where Rock City started and all those things. Can you just kind of give us that quick story?
1: Yeah, it started. Um, I, I was. Pretty young. I mean, I, I I still have my journal entries from nineteen, twenty years old. Um, just uh, in in just spending time with the Lord, um, feeling this 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 call to start a church. But I I didn't know anybody who had started a church. At least I didn't think I did. I actually knew people who did, but um, but it it never clicked because I had never started anything from scratch. So when you've never started anything from the ground up, you you might know people that have you know started a business, started a church, whatever. But if it's already in existence, it's like it's almost hard to compute. How do you go back to when there was nothing, and then you create something out of nothing? So I had this dream, but I didn't know what to do with it. Uh, my wife and I got involved in ministry in the city of Toledo. We were uh, in full time ministry at a church for about five and a half years, and um, this 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 feeling though kept kept coming up and. Um, and so actually, we weren't living in a van um, down by the river, but we were in a car with our, our, um, I think she was about six weeks old baby at the time, Macy, uh, she was in the back seat. we were driving through the Blue Ridge Mountains of Asheville, uh, North Carolina. And um, at that time, we were in Asheville because I had read a lot about, uh, like, the, the the early Jesus movement in the 70s, where a lot of, like, modern worship came from that movement. It was just this awesome, like, this awesome uh, just move of God that started on uh, the West Coast, and Asheville looked like the a, a, a similar city, had a similar vibe. At the time, we, we were confident, okay, the Lord is calling us to start a church, um, but we need to know where. And uh, so we started visiting cities that we thought might, might be able to, uh, to, to host a, a new church for, um, for my generation. The, the whole heart behind Rock City was, and the reason I think the Lord started speaking to me at a young age is because I had grown up in the church. I'd gone to a Christian school through eighth grade, um, and then I went to a public high school. Um, but as I, as I began to, to mature and get, got into those late teens, early 20s, I started looking around and, and most of my Christian friends that I'd grown up with, same education as me, same upbringing as I, as I had, um, so many of them were falling away. I think one of the reasons they were falling away is because we were all looking at a church that looked a lot different than us, a church that was a lot older than us, a church that um, was, uh, just didn't have a lot of relevancy for where we were as young adults at the time. And, uh, and I just remember in those early years just writing in my journal, God, what, what our generation needs is a church, a church on a Sunday, a church that, uh, you know, will, will, um, will show people Jesus and, and preach the word and, and stand on that solid ground of faith, but also that, that will engage every generation. So our intent wasn't to just uh, launch a, a young church. Our intent was to launch a new church. That would focus on reaching young people. And what we found at, at Rock City is, when we reach young people, the more young people we reach, we we then see parents and grandparents walking through the doors, wondering what in the world is my uh, son or daughter doing in church. We we, we tried for years and years and couldn't get them uh, to, through the doors of of, of a church. So um, anyway, back to to Asheville, we were driving through the Blue Ridge Mountains, and. Um, we had the name. We, we, we felt like Rock City was the name God gave us. We didn't know what city. And uh, and it was right on that drive where uh, we just weren't feeling Asheville. We had just come from Atlanta. We weren't feeling Atlanta. And uh, my wife said, what about Columbus? And uh, the only only way I can explain it was the, the our whole um, outlook changed. The atmosphere in the car changed. We, we went from feeling anxious and homeless to uh, realizing, oh my gosh, like, it's Columbus. I, I don't even know why. It's just the mention. After mentioning and praying over and, and researching and visiting a ton of cities outside of the state of Ohio, which we've been born and raised in Ohio, um, the mention of this city was enough. And so we went back to our hotel that afternoon and started uh, re- researching Columbus. The very next weekend we, we visited for the first time and uh, just so glad we... So glad we, we made the move because uh, it's, it's, been, it's been quite a journey. So,
0: Yeah, and, and you guys started with a small team, right? It was 11, 12, 15. Help, help me remember. It was, yeah, we,
1: we, moved, um, we moved here in June 2010. 2010. And then we had our first public service April 3rd, 2011. So not quite a year later, but almost a year later. And so uh, over the span of that, from June to, to April, We built a small team. Um, We finally got it up to about 40 right before we launched the church. So the night before we launched the church, we had 40 people on our team. But um, man, early on it was, I think there were nine adults that moved with us. So my wife's sister and uh, her soon to be husband were the first to move. Um, They didn't have any kids yet. Um, We had two really little kids. um, And we had a few friends of ours come from Toledo uh, to Columbus for a season to help us plant. And so I think it was nine adults at the time. And, um, and then over, over the course of those nine, 10 months, you know, just uh, adding people um, just like one, two at a time, our neighbors, uh, when we moved into a condo in Hilliard and Mill Run, um, the cool, a cool thing. So we move into our, our condo. And uh, I tell my wife, like, I don't want anybody to know, like what we're doing here. Because it's like, as soon as as soon as you, your neighbor finds out you're, you're a church plant, or you're a pastor, you know, it's like, Oh, my God, I live next to a pastor. Like, yeah. Uh, so my, my goal was to just kind of like, get to know people first. And and so uh, we see our neighbor out, he's out with his kids. And my wife says, you need to go talk to him. And I was like, no, no, no!" And she's like, go on, go, you, just go be neighborly and yeah. uh, go talk to him. And so I, I walk outside convinced, like, I'm not gonna tell this guy what I'm here for. I'm just gonna be friendly. And so I introduce myself. He says, uh, he tells me, you know, his name, Hi, I'm Jeremy. I said, I'm Chad. And, and he's like, so uh, you guys just move in? I said, yeah. He said, where are you coming from? I said, Toledo. He goes, okay, what do you, what do you, what are you here to, what are you here for? And I said, uh, work. He's like, oh, really? What kind of work do you do? And, uh, I could sense, like I'm getting back into a corner. I said, well, uh, ministry kind of work. And he's like, well, um, is it a part of a church? And I said, um, not really. He's like, well, what do you mean not really? Uh, well, we're, uh, we're actually going to be starting a church. And it was, it was uh, so crazy because uh, I just saw Jeremy uh, this last weekend, um, like on the third row. Mm-hmm. Um, his first statement was, um, wow, you're going to start a church. Well, look at all this shared green space we have in our, at this condo. We can set up chairs in our backyard. Let's just start it here. And, um, <laughs> and I, said, I said, you, you want to help us start a church? And he's like, that sounds awesome. My wife and I are in. Yeah. And literally, that was the conversation. Yeah. He knew nothing about the church, right. uh, and so, but but literally, like they were in from from day one. And so, we would we would have these little meetings, uh, trying to interest meetings, trying to get people involved. And uh, we would use their their condo right next door for childcare. Send all our kids over there, and then they'd come over to our side, our condo, and uh, we would talk about planting a church. So, small beginnings for sure but but really uh met met some good people still still a ton of uh still a ton of the team that was that here from at the very beginning are still a part like you 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 and your family you you were a part i think year one like just a yeah. few months in maybe so
0: yeah uh, it's,
1: it's yeah. been pretty cool
0: yeah, and, and uh, so Jeremy's now been mentioned. I should do a podcast with Jeremy because this is like the second or third podcast his name has come up on, just from random circles. And uh, But no, I had the, had the blessing of, of, of baptizing Jeremy. So, you know, uh, just an incredible guy. And, uh, you know, I, I remember those early days and I, I wrote in my little note scratches over here. I'm old enough to remember when you used to lead worship, take your guitar off, like go backstage, so to speak, in the movie theater, take your guitar off, Put your Janet Jackson microphone on and come back out and preach. And most people were like, "Man, that guy preaching looks just like the guy that played guitar." Yes, so so. I, I,
1: used to, I used to like throw on a different shirt. Uh, <laughs> I, I would run around to the back uh, hallway at the Lennox, throw on a different shirt, put a microphone on quick, and then uh, and then make it out before the 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 like bumper video would would end. And um, it, some people would 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 be every Sunday for months and not know that it was the same guy doing both. So I yeah. think that's a win.
0: Yeah. And those were the early days, right? And it was the church in the movie theater. For a yeah. long time, it was the church that met in the movie theater, which um, RIP to the Lennox, by the way, I saw. I don't know if you saw that it was, I guess, apparently it's closing. So, but uh, really, really great moments and memories and start. That, that, was, that was where everything started. You know, it's almost like leaving your first home, you know? Um, and so... The church expanded from there, and so let's let's fast forward. I mean, we're going to fast forward through a lot of, I'm sure, great yep. memories and, and hard work. Um, I love what's right behind you because we're going to talk about that in a second. Some of um, some of your leadership style that that uh, I've even equipped in 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 what I'm doing now. But um, we, let's fast forward. So now you've got how many locations? And, you know, like, where, where are you? T- so that was the early days. We're going to skip a whole lot of history that we could, I, I'd love to have everybody learn all that history, but yeah. we'll fast forward through everything to where we are today. What, where are we at today with the church? And I think you said 10 years old now, how, what, where is everything at now?
1: Yeah, the church is, uh, we just celebrated nine, um, nine. So okay. from April, 2011. So uh, nine years, we'll be, we'll be celebrating 10 this next April. But um, so we're in three locations right now um, in the short North. Uh, we have a location, and then um, Hilliard, we have a location, and uh, at Polaris. So, um, and uh, all three are, um, you know, permanent facilities, which is important because w- when we launched, you know, we, at one time, we, we had locations at the AMC Lennox Movie Theater, the Regal Cinemas on Georgesville Road, and the Fawcett Center um, at Ohio State, all three of those, and we were we were uh, live streaming and simulcasting uh, the, the, the message into those three locations. So that, that was uh, that was an interesting time and we've been at Upper Arlington High School. We've, we've been in a lots of different places, but now we're in Hilliard Short North and in, in Polaris. And uh, you know like I said, um, the more that, that the church reaches young people, the more multi-generational uh, the church is going to be, because what happens is, you know, the older we get, and I'm recognizing you, know, I'm, I'm 39, so I'm still in my 30s, so I, I still claim to be young, but I realize, you know, as I look around even at a lot of our team, uh, they're a lot younger than me, um, and I'm inspired by their creativity, I'm inspired by their energy, their, uh, the way they think, their, in, their innovation, and Generally, that's just that's the case. I mean, the the the, the stuff that you see on television, the, the the stuff that you see in culture, it's it's driven by this youthful vibrancy, and uh, and so older people uh, tend to be inspired by the, the the good creativity that comes from younger generations. It it's not always the other way around. Um, what I recognize in, in in older generations, and I've, I've um, always been very intentional about surrounding myself with older people as well, older mentors, older pastors. Um, it, it's so important. Um, it, tends to, it tends to happen best when a, a younger person reaches out to an older person versus the other way around. We're both intimidated by each other, but when a, I found when a young person reaches out to an older person and says, hey, I want to learn from you, that just opens so many doors. So as we're learning from our elders, as we're learning from pastors who've been successful in ministry and have lasted in ministry, as we're, as we're learning from churches that are, you know, a step, two steps, three steps, 10 steps ahead of us, um, we're able to run faster and farther. And then as we reach young, young people, um, we're, we're seeing parents and grandparents and great-grandparents walk through our doors um just so overwhelmed by man it's been 10 years since my child uh was a part of uh, a a fellowship of believers and since my child was living for the lord and now we're seeing uh, our child you know engaged in worship we're seeing our child uh giving and serving and we're seeing our child posting things on social media about um what they're a part of and um and so it's, it's just, it's really inspiring to, to see, well, cause what more does a parent or a grandparent want than to see your kids and your grandkids loving Jesus and, you know, following him, being a part of a community of faith. Um, it's, it's just, it's so inspiring. So we have a very, very multi-generational church that I'm proud of. And, um, uh, it's, it's just been, it's been, it's been wild. It's grown a ton since those, those, uh, small beginnings and, uh, um, but but the more that we grow, the, the 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 more we're able to to accomplish, and the more generosity we're able to um, extend into our community and beyond, and the more people we're able to serve. So for us, it's not about getting bigger; it's just about doing more and reaching more people. And so the more people we reach, the more we people we serve, and the more uh, places we're able to go and, and be generous. And um, so it's it's been it's been a lot of fun.
0: And and um, I think. It's been very interesting, and and let me um, real quick. You mentioned those three places were all temporary places, and and the three that you mentioned now that you're in are all permanent, right? They're they're permanent yep. fixtures. So it's not a set up and tear down days and loading the yep. truck days. Uh, you're in permanent locations, and so that that is a great point because I think, I and mean, I've had some other pastors on. And I've always asked the question, what was it like leading during during a pandemic? And I know you you actually touched on this, I think, in your year end review. Um, you know, the celebration a few weeks ago, you talked about how, um, the, and I thought it was really cool because you had the legacy offering last weekend and, and, and a large part of that legacy offering equipped you, so legacy offering a year ago, equipped you for um, a pandemic that none of us knew was coming to, do, to be able to flip a switch and be on ABC six, to be on uh, a channel in Dayton, uh, which I don't know off the top of my head, uh, to be able to go live and stream online and do all those things that you weren't quite ready or had not set up yet. You were able to do that thanks to, you know, things like the legacy offering and people people's generosity. Um, and so I think anybody, I, and I see this a lot on um, social media. I've seen a lot of friends that I don't believe attended rock city before but have said like how much they look forward to sunday mornings now and they'll have a picture of their tv in their living room and it's abc6 so how how important has that been in the pandemic to have those avenues for this church
1: oh it's been huge i mean when when covid hit um you know our our auditorium uh our our auditoriums uh, were, were empty, right? Uh, so uh, it, it, it was a surreal feeling. Um, we, we weren't actually doing anything online or on television before uh, COVID. Um, we decided on a Thursday to uh, cancel the, the weekend services, the in-person services on a Thursday. And by that Sunday, we were online. Two weeks later, we were on ABC6. Um, we'd never done that before. Um, but you know the team, uh, the team just figured it out, and I say the team. I'm I'm talking the team, not me. Uh, the team figured it out. Um, but our auditoriums became warehouses. I mean, our our um, main auditorium that we were used to seeing, you know, uh, 17, 1,800 people crammed into a fourteen hundred seat auditorium. Um, it was it was uh, pallets and pallets of food and resources and supplies that were um, being distributed all over, all across our city. Um, it just for us it it um, it really just showed the the heartbeat of our church because. When, uh, you know, as, as COVID was happening, as the shutdowns were taking place, everybody's quarantined, there's all sorts of financial uh, uncertainty, um, you know, we, we had a decision to make, okay, uh, we don't know what tomorrow looks like, um, we, we don't know um, how financially stable the church is going to be uh, over the next six months, or could be a year, nobody knows how long this is going to happen, so, so do, we, do we hold on to everything? And do we start to save up and do we start to like put away and store away um, just to make sure cut back or um, is this a, an opportunity for us to to practice what we've always preached. And, and really, I, I, I think we, we do a better job when we preach what we practice and we but it's easy to practice um, generosity and, um, and, and and like godly stewardship when things are normal. Uh, this was an opportunity for us to really put the Lord to the test. We just said, listen, we're not going to hold on to what we have. We're not going to start storing away. Um, we're we're going to actually just step up even more. So um, the, the church just became a conduit of, of blessing and hope and resources to our city and beyond, um, more so than I could have ever dreamed or imagined um, and in the result is we, we we gave more, we we served more, we 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 we, we entered more spaces than ever before. Um, we we took on more projects and um, put more resources into serving our city and, and and places around the world than than ever before. And. Um, the generosity and the giving in our church just continued to increase, which meant we could do more and more and more. So, and that is the way, that is what God teaches in his word. It's like the more you give, the more he gives. It's like we, he, he gives not to the church, but through the church. We're not meant to hold on to anything. We're meant to just be stewards of all that belongs to, to God. And um, this, this, what this season has taught me is that, that when, when God says I'm faithful and I'm faithful all the time and I'm good and I'm, and I'm good all the time, um, that's just what we've seen It's as difficult as it's been. And we've, you know, we've all dealt with anxiety and worry and fear and insecurity and trouble and loss and, you know, uh, sickness. We've all dealt with all of that. Life is hard. Uh, but even in the hardest, most difficult seasons, God is good and he's faithful. And um, it's just, it's been quite a, a blessing to lead in such a crazy time because we can see like the light of the light of Christ shines brightest in the darkness. And, um, matter of fact, I'm I'm preaching this on Christmas Eve, but that verse in Isaiah that says for unto us, a child is given unto us, a son is born. Um, if you rewind just a few verses prior, um, the, 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 the prophet Isaiah is actually, um, uh, painting a picture for as to what the world looked like when he gave that prophecy 700 years before Jesus is born. And he says that, that, that people were living in a, in in a great darkness, Uh, people were living in, in, in dark times. And then he says those living in the land of deep darkness. So he, he says, People were living in dark times. And then he says, and for those living in deep darkness, sometimes life is dark. Sometimes it's, it's deep, dark times. Right. And I think that's what we've been in is a deep, dark time. But he says those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned, yeah. like a light has come. And uh, that, that, that's who Jesus is. And that's what Jesus does. He illuminates. And he just, you see him so much clearer, clearer, clearer um,
0: in the darkness. Yeah. And um, that's, that's been our story. Incredible and um, I look forward to Christmas Eve. And let's while you're while you're talking about that, let's talk about Christmas Eve. Anybody watching, listening, and, and some of it maybe after Christmas, and if so, hope you had a wonderful Christmas. But anybody listening prior to Christmas, what are all the dates and times and how do people get signed up for it?
1: Yeah, you can go, go to our website, rockcitychurch.tv, um, and you can reserve your seats. So we are offering uh, the Christmas Eve experience candlelight service at all three of our locations um i'm not i i know that we have times at 11 1 3 5 and 7 i don't know if it's all three locations but there's there's variations go to our website to to find all the times Um, those are for in person we're gonna uh we're, we're gonna broadcast our in our our worship experience online all day on christmas eve so you can watch it from your home but it's always best experienced in person yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's an incredible. It's the best one we've ever put together. It, it's, it's peaceful. It's inspiring. It's, it's just it's incredible. Um, but then on Christmas Day um, at six and eight, I think there's two opportunities in Columbus to watch on Christmas morning at six o'clock in the morning. if You're up early um, <laughs> and eight o'clock in the morning. And then in Dayton, I believe it's nine and eleven nice Could will be wrong but again if you go to our website uh, rockcitychurch.tv all the times and locations will be there but um so yeah we'll be broadcasting that christmas day all day christmas eve online in person and i would encourage you to um uh, to, to 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 be in person if you can if you're able um it you won't regret it it's it's going to be pretty spectacular
0: it usually is and it's such a great way i mean our family's made it a tradition for many years um, it's just a great way to kind of get in the mindset, you know, the, on Christmas Eve. And um, the thing that keeps coming to me is the a weary world rejoices, you know, and, and I just feel like we're, we're a weary world. It's hard to say that quickly, but we are a weary world. And um, I know that, I know again, it's, you know, it's a holiday, but at the same time, I think it's a chance for many of us that have that hope to, Really be rem- really be reminded that a, a weary world rejoiced as you said, and I, so I don't want to steal <laughs> your, your sermon, but that's what I, I that's what I, that's how I'm approaching this week and even the end of the week and Christmas Eve and Christmas, is knowing that we we are a weary world and um, but we do have something to rejoice. So uh, let me transition really quick because you've been generous enough on uh, on on this day to give me your time, and uh, by the way, I, I forgot to mention one of the most requested. I... I not that I do requests like top forty <laughs> requests, but I do get I do get people like, "Hey, when are you gonna have Chad on? When are you gonna have Chad? Probably the one I've heard the most is, "When when is Pastor Chad gonna be on?" So thank you for uh, for being on with us. But I do a couple of quick things. One, I think the thing that impressed me from day one um, has been a leadership style that you have. It's on the wall behind you, and that is, I think. You have pushed the boundaries when so many people said, no, that, that doesn't, no, don't do that, don't do it. You have, you have pushed it, and, and I'll give examples like um, One for One, right? That, that was absolutely mind-blowing for people, and for those that don't know, can you just explain real quick what, like, what is One for One if I've never been to Rock City before?
1: yeah early uh, early on we, we were heading into our first January, so we launched in April, coming into our first january we We, we were recognizing okay it 's going to be our first official full year and um, and I, I was just looking for a way to model generosity um, so the, so that people when they when they looked at the church could see active generosity being played out and um, I was actually having a conversation with a mentor of mine who who was pastoring a church of about ten eleven thousand people at the time. And, um, and he had had this idea, but um, was struggling to um, push, push, you know, pull the trigger on it, uh, being a church of 10,000, uh, knowing that, man, we, we've not built up to this. So it, financially, we don't know how we're going to do this. And the idea was for every person who walks through your doors on a weekend, give $1 to meet a local or global need. So at the time we, you know, we had three, 400 people walking through our doors. On yeah. a Sunday, yeah so if three hundred and eleven people were at church on Sunday, we would just one for one we would give three hundred and eleven dollars to meet a local need that week um, as the church grew we we even started adding uh, you know kind of saving up some weeks, so we might we might give a three hundred dollar uh, check to a single mom to buy groceries um, and then Sure enough, she would write a letter to the church or, or give a thank you, whatever, and um, say, would you share this with your church? So next week, we would say, hey, church, last week through One for One, we were able to give $311 to a single mom. Here's what she wants you to hear. And she, would, you know, we would read her thank you. Uh, sure enough, before I would leave, somebody would find me in the lobby or some, before I left. And hey, hey uh, Pastor Chad, we um, uh, just wanted to make sure, was it 311 or was it 312? 311 okay here's a check for 311 um i want you to buy that mom groceries again or um here's here's a check i want to cover all of that right so what happened was um you know we would we would we would minister to somebody we, we would impact somebody's life and then the church would just step up and just let's do it again let's do more of that and then we would save up weeks and you know it might we might save the whole month of june uh one time um we 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 had a we always have police officers at all of our locations just for safety and just to, you know um safety for our kids mostly, um, but for our church as a whole and for parking issues, right? So getting people in and out of the street. And um, anyway, we we we, uh, we just kind of heard about through one of our relationships with the police officer that um, the Columbus City uh, Drug Task Force unit, uh, they were using um, PPE that was Uh, from the World War II era. So they had Kevlar vests and helmets and stuff that were from World War II, literally World War II. So um, we just in conversation one day realized, man, you guys are using terribly old equipment. And uh, so we just asked how much might it cost to purchase all new uh, gear for the entire drug task force unit in our city. They gave us a number and we said, well, man, that might take four, five, six weeks um, but we're going we're, we're gonna to designate one for one to, to bless your unit. And so um, whatever number of weeks it took, that's, that's what we did. And um, we were able to give them the money to buy all new equipment. And, of course, they, they wanted to then uh, come to our church on a Sunday morning and uh, stand in front of everybody and, ju- and just say thank you. I think they gave us a plaque or something and, and to yeah. say thank you. But, yeah. you know, from the single mom, the family struggling, to a police task force that needs new equipment, Um, it was just a way for us to just almost get creative as, especially as the church grew and grew. It's like, wow. Okay. Now it's like, it's more and more. So we can accomplish more and more through this one for one thing. What, what can we do this week? What can we do this month? What can we do this summer to really make an impact? And, and, um, and that honestly is just a tiny fraction of the generosity of our church. So it's just, that's not all we do. Um, I think it was almost 20% of, of, uh, our entire operating budget last year, uh, went, went beyond our walls outside the walls of the church. So, um, it's yeah, but it is a part and it's, it's a fun
0: part. It's a big part. I think for many, that is what drew so many people in, especially initially, because there's so many different churches and there's a lot of great churches and a lot of great pastors. And, 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 you know, I think that's what drew a lot of people in something's different. And as you said, you, you guys were putting your money where your mouth was. It wasn't, this wasn't just talk anymore. It was like, wait a minute. That's really cool, you know, and then then I think that is just, and as you said, over the years, there's so much we could cover of all the amazing things that that generosity has done. But again, it took a vision and it took sticking to a vision when I think there was probably a lot of people that said, that's not sustainable. You You can't do that on a church's budget. Like, how many churches could not sustain that kind of a giving, you know? But again, that's that run fast. That's that um, push hard that you have. I remember, um, you know, you talked about going to two services and there were people that like, you're never going to like that. Come on, we're not getting enough in one right now. Why would you go to two? Next thing you know, you got two and then you got a, a remote theater down. We, we ended up taking another theater and remoting down. The, like that's that push that you've always had. And I think, you know, for those that are willing to, to not necessarily listen to everybody that says, don't do it, don't do it, you can't do it. You know, all the people that say no, when you have a vision um, that's something that I, I really respect: is that sticking true to that vision. It may not always work out, but I think in Rock City's case, time and time again, you've you've had a vision, you've had a um, the the courage to stick with that vision, and look at where Rock City is today. And there's story after story after story that will support why you did what you did, right? And I I, yeah, think- I, I would
1: rather I would rather try and fail then, then, then not fail because I didn't try. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I'll give you an example of when we failed, uh, because we tried. And then, and then when, when we didn't fail, um, the, the second service was a great example. We launched in April. We, with one service at the Linux, we were in a 520 seat auditorium. We, we weren't even filling up half of it. Yeah. Um, but coming into September, just a few months after launch, um, we, we, we looked at just national church data. People tend to come back to church in the fall. Um, in the summer, everybody's on vacation. Summers tend to be low. We launched right before summer. So we're running low. I think we were uh, 180 to 220 people total. And that includes kids and other theaters. So in a 520 seat auditorium, doing one service, you might have 140, 150 people in that service um but our, our our team just said look like we're we're supposed to grow in the fall and if we grow in the fall why not have why not give people the option of a second service i know we're not filling up this one but if we wait until we fill this one up we may never fill it up yeah. let's just let's just kind of be bold and try something and um, and we did and our church doubled in size almost the week of, like we literally went to a second service and our church just about doubled in size that week. It took us a few weeks. We, we were well past doubling in size. Um, and, and on, on our one year anniversary, we launched a third service. And yep, so yep. we just, we ran fast, but then one time when it didn't work was we were, um, in, in, in the short North and, and we, we kinda, we kinda took on a, an older church that we renovated, still has pews in it and everything. It's, it's a cool church, but right off of high street, fifth and high. And, Um, and I think we can fit about 500 people in there cramming them in. And, um, and so we were cramming them in, man. Like we were probably, I think we were, we were running about 1500 people in that shore north uh, location and, uh, over multiple services. And so we thought, Hey, we need more space. So what, what could, could be like an offload? Um, let's, let's go into Scully's, which was like Scully's shares our parking lot. Uh, I wonder if Scully's would work with us. Well, we, we didn't realize, but um, Mrs. Scully attends our church, right? And so we're huh. like, no way, you, you come to our church? Like, this is awesome. <laughs> Can we use your your bar yeah, uh, yeah. to do Sunday service? And she's like, this is awesome. Yeah, that's absolutely. So then we met Mr. Scully and he's like, this is great. So uh, it, it worked for a few weeks, but then it didn't work, you know, because yeah. at the end of the day, people people would rather cram themselves into like, the church that's in the same parking lot then apparently like smell puke and beer and all, all the other things that you know come natural with a place like Scully's which is fun right. for a concert yeah. not so great maybe I guess when you're trying to uh, go to church so we right. thought it would be a great idea we put resources behind it we we uh we got a team to launch it and I don't know maybe a couple months in we decided to pull the plug It just didn't work yeah but I'm glad that we I'm glad that we don't have to wonder about it anymore like can you imagine that if you just look back man what if we would have launched a church in a bar like what if we would have done that um we never tried. we don't know well it didn't work doesn't mean it's not going to work the next time either just means we tried something and didn't work chalk it up to uh, hey what 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 did we learn from this and uh,
0: (laughs) well and the reality though is there may be one person that that now attends rock city because you did try it in the bar And as you said, it's absolutely right. It's for the one or the two or or a family or a life that was changed or a story that was reversed or a score that was changed. Uh, And leaders and
1: leaders that stood up, you know, know, leaders that stepped up in that season. It's like, you're launching a, technically it's a fourth location. Um, You know, you need leadership, you need teams. And so it gave us an opportunity to kind of test run what a fourth location looks like. How do we, how do we get four worship teams? How do we have four campus pastors? How do we, you know um, it, so it allowed us to kind of flex our muscles a little bit and then you know kind of settle back down. And I think it's been twice now where we've gone to four and then we've, we've come back to three locations. Yeah. We have a location on the east side uh, in Whitehall that we uh, are ready to launch as soon as COVID lifts and we're able to get into the high school. Um, we have, we're, we're ready, but um, we, we know what it's gonna take now because we've, we've gone four back to three, four back to three, just trying little things. And um, okay, we've learned. What did we learn? What worked? What didn't? Yeah. Now uh, this time around, we're confident it's going to be going to be incredible.
0: Yeah. All right. I've taken a ton of your time, and there's a million other things we could talk about. There's really, I you know, I this is probably one of those ones that maybe, and I'm not smart enough to know how to have a live where people are asking questions because I'd probably be going on crazy right now. I'm sure everybody has a million questions for you, but I, I am going to rapid fire a few questions if you got a couple more seconds. Okay, let's do it. You ready? All right. Yeah. How many pair of Jordans do you own?
1: Um, I'll tell you, I've, I've, I've only bought maybe two pair full price in my whole life. So, um, so I'm
0: a, I'm an on sale Jordan guy. I probably have 10, 10 pair of Jordans. Do you have like the whole series or do you have multiple of one? No, no, I just, I
1: just get the ones that I think look nice. I, I had the opportunity to, to actually go through the, uh, the Nike, the, the employee store in Portland. Yeah. And, uh, so like I was able to buy like I have a pair of Kobe's. That, um after Kobe passed uh the, the the shoe I mean it the price of the shoe it's like up to 700 something dollars I think I paid 55 sixty dollars for the shoe so I'm a I'm a on I'm an on sale Jordan purchaser I think I bought two pair full price okay.
0: of my whole life well it wasn't it's not critical question I was just curious because I know you got a lot of I don't have a pair of J's. I know you got plenty so. I like
1: them I like them They're
0: fun. Here, here's another one when the church first started this is back in the black t-shirt jeans day every every Sunday how many black t-shirts did you own no I, that's the
1: I just did my laundry last night and the whole basket was black <laughs> hey. um, black socks black underwear black t-shirts i I buy now I buy my t-shirts from target um, I get them uh, I, I think they're called goodfellow so so you get like a pack of three or four uh-huh. for like I'm wearing one right now they're just kind of nice and stretchy yeah Um, my in my closet I have a stack of probably 30 of the exact same t-shirt I've lost a lot of weight in the last couple months so now I've got a stack of 30 extra large and I've got like a stack of larges growing now Um, but my if you open up my my closet it's literally just black yeah everything
0: Awesome. And I, I'm with you uh, clearly uh, everything, e- ball black, everything. That's pretty much me too. But, um, and I have not lost a lot of weight the last few months. So, but that's just, that's just me. So, um, all right. Favorite interview you've ever done. Cause I know you've, I mean, we could talk about and actually just, let me just open it. Away. What's the f- most incredible thing you think you've ever done? Cause I mean, you've seen the world, you've been to Kande, Kanye Sunday service, you interviewed Tim Tebow friends with urban i mean what like what is in your mind what is just something that you're like wow i got to do that
1: well you you mentioned sunday service um it's pretty cool i, I never listened to kanye before kanye like like put out a gospel album uh, but i really like i really love the jesus is king album yeah. Um, I went to a Sunday service in Baton Rouge Louisiana we're standing in the middle of a field um, I was I'm friends with the pastor who pastors there and uh, so I got to be like all up close and personal so we were actually on the inside of the speaker so the speakers were behind us we were inside and it was everybody was in a circle and so the choir was just standing right in front of us and um I the only way that I can explain it is it felt like I was it felt like a straight old school revival tent meeting like it was wild it was if you have a chance to go to a Sunday service uh, you should I mean it it just was insane yeah. um, in a good way I mean it was like old school tent revival with a smell of weed every once in a while as well like <laughs> it was like holy spirit and we, um yeah. but not but 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 that it just because of the people that kanye attracts yeah. so you can yeah. say what you want about him i felt like it was a very genuine holy spirit encounter that i had there um so that was pretty wild and i don't know i just think um anytime that i have a chance to to, to, to spend time with somebody who has been successful that has um, done ministry for a long time i think i think probably the coolest thing that i've been able to be a part of is um when we took on the Short North Campus, there were pastors there, um, Steve and Wanda, who were in their late 60s. They had no, um, they had no um, plan for retirement. They just, they put everything that they had into um, their, their ministry. And we have been supporting them for a few years, just what they were doing um, in our city. But um, when we had the opportunity to be their successors, um, take, take over the, the church that they had um, and even help them um, even help them with their retirement and things, just being generous and kind of taking away that worry away from them, but also bringing them onto our staff um, and not just them, but their associate pastors who were pushing 90. I mean, think about this Rock City Church, right? Like mm-hmm. well, it's tons of young people, but on our staff, we had like 88, 89 year old couple um, and uh, Bob, Bob and Lou are their names. Bob passed away a few years ago, but Lou, I think she's 90 today, and wow. uh, Lou still attends every staff meeting. She, she does counseling in our church. She does marriage counseling. Um, Steve serves on, on our board of directors now, um, so they're, they're all still involved, and I, I, the reason I think that's so amazing is because that, that generational impact, what we recognize is that we started a new church, but we didn't start something new. Like the church, Jesus started the church. The church started in the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts chapter two. The church was born. So we're standing on the shoulders of, of Peter, the disciples, right? We're standing on the shoulders of the Steve and Wanda's, the Bobs and Luz. We're standing on the shoulders of the pastors who, who pastored in this city before us. Um, and so um, I don't see anything that, that God has done through Rock City as like it's because of us. I see that the, the soil has been tilled. The seeds have been planted. The environment's been set and uh, we were able to come in and start a church um, that has experienced tremendous growth and been given enormous uh, opportunity, but um, but but it's because others have allowed us to step and stand on their shoulders. And um, to me, that's just been the most exciting thing. Anytime I have the opportunity to sit down with somebody that's done what I do longer than me, that, yeah. that knows more than me, and most people do know more than me. Um, especially in that elder generation. Like there's just so much gold there. And like a Steve, with Wanda, when you, you sit and talk to them, um, the, I don't think they're 70 yet. They might be 70 now. But um, when you sit and talk to them, the stories that they're able to tell about this city, we, we even, um, I have this book. <laughs> just happened. This is wild, man. I just happened to pick this up. This is my great grandfather's book. It's, uh, it's the real Billy Sunday, right? My, my great grandfather. Um, and I, I happened to look down and see this book in my, in my office, and, and uh, I'd never picked it up before. It was just there for show, and, and, uh, but it was my great grandpa's, so that's there for a reason, and anyway, I pick it up, and I, I look at, at the front uh, of this book, and there's a chapter in here called um, The Columbus Reception, hmm. and I thought, I wonder if this is like our Columbus, right, so I, I start reading it. And uh, this guy, this evangelist, Billy Sunday, back in like 1914, came into our city, and he hosted the largest single gathering of people up to that point. It was like 65,000 people in, in uh, Olentangy Park. 65,000 people came out to hear this man preach. You got Ohio State writing about it, and you got, you know, all the, 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 the networks at the time covering it and uh, anyway, I just thought this is awesome, right, so I, I see Steve and Wanda in the office, and I, I bring the book over to him, and I, I say, hey, you know, you, you might appreciate this, and Steve goes, do you have five minutes? <laughs> I can tell you some things. I said, Steve, were you around in, in 1914? He goes, not quite, but let me, do you have five minutes? Well, I, I, I say, sure. He starts telling me all about this this revival and the roots of the revival and then he starts naming off all of these influential churches and pastors back from the early 1900s and who those pastors mentored yeah. that are actively engaged in ministry now or you, you know this church this church this is where they came from their pastor was connected to this pastor this pastor was mentored by this pastor and so he starts drawing drawing kind of these connections to then where we are, and even the church that we were able to um, to, to revive in, in Polaris, like the, there was a church in Polaris that closed its doors, and they gave their keys to, to, to our church, you know, um, but it's like, if you understand the history, we're not just being handed keys to a building, right, but we're being given the opportunity to build upon ministry that's been happening for 60, 70 years, just in one location, yeah. and then where where did that founding pastor come from, and what, what did, what were those people a part of and what did their faith look like? And what were their challenges? You start talking to some of these older people in our, in, in the city about like, what was it like and where did things come from? It just gives you so much more appreciation for, uh, where we are today and what we get to do. So that honestly, that, that, that's my answer. That that's the coolest thing.
0: Yeah. And that is, that is really cool. I mean, that, that is to have the respect for where those that came before you and as you I, I, you know as you said standing on those shoulders and i know you've got a family history too that you have so much honor and respect for um that really i think paved the way for for who you are today as well so man we could talk for hours i think that's probably a good place to to cuz there's so much we didn't cover prison ministry um you know international you know and I have I had Nate on and and so he touched on some of those items but there's a ton of things we haven't even scratched the surface of for Rock City so I think what what I would encourage everyone to and maybe you have a, a, a different idea I would encourage everyone to get to a service if you can get online and watch it watch it on tv go to the website and just just dig around a little bit I mean everything's transparent um watch some videos, you know, really, there's so much we, you and I weren't even able to talk about today. But I do want to respect your time. And um, I'm, th- I'm so thankful that you would come on. I know you've got Christmas is coming this week. And, and that's, uh, I'm sure something you need to prepare for. So um, anything else you want to leave with everybody a final thought before we uh, before we log off?
1: No, thanks for having me on. Uh, you and your family have been great as well. We've known you guys for for quite a few years. Like I said, I think you guys were apart what six months in maybe do you, do you yeah. know was it
0: no i told the story when uh when pete wilson was on and uh ours is is pretty pretty remarkable because we were about to go to nashville and and serve with pete and his team in in nashville and uh we got the call the day that that uh it just wasn't gonna they went a different direction and i hung up the phone and i looked at heather and i said what are we gonna do now because there was no church in columbus like what I had seen in Nashville. And, uh, we went out to the the mailbox that day, like right after I hung up the phone, I walked out to the mailbox and I opened the mailbox and there was this flyer for this church and being who I am, I came in and I started stalking online and everything I saw looked just like this church in Nashville that we just found out we weren't going to go and be a part of. And, uh, That's pretty amazing because
1: you, you know who designed that website. It was, uh, I'm sure it was a, it was a like pre-packaged website, but I, you know, I was the church planner, worship leader, <laughs> pastor, website designer, grad, yeah. I don't even know how we got this thing off the ground. Now we've got incredible teams to do that stuff. But if you were digging in anything on our website, that's just amazing. We even had one.
0: <laughs> no, it, it, it really did catch my eye. And then we came for the first week and then we came for the the next one and the next one. And, um, what I told Pete, and, and I think I've told you before as well is I think it really boiled down to this. Um, you know, uh, cross point caught my eye because there were floods in Nashville and we we've just talked about this, how, you know, the impact that rock City's had on this city. And maybe we haven't really talked about it even enough, but, um, the floods hit Nashville and no one, you know, cross point stepped up immediately the next day. And like he said, he put out a call and people were showing up with boats and generators. And and he said, he just like sent out a tweet, like, Hey, if anybody can help tomorrow, come thousand people show up to help. And I remember watching that from Columbus, you know, just through social media and saying that's the kind of church I want to be a part of because they've earned the right in their city to be there when people needed them. You know, if, if you if you haven't done things as a church, I'm preaching a little bit now, but if you haven't done things as a church to earn the right and respect of your city. Then when a, a tragedy happens, they're not, you're not going to be the first person they call. It's going to be a government agency or, right? And, and we know the red tape and, and you've been able to, because of one for one, because of the things that Rock City has done on a consistent basis, you've been there. We have, we have had tragedy hit our city a few times. Uh, it's hit Ohio State. It's hit different things. You have been able to, as a church, respond, respond quickly and, and respond significantly because of the work that you've already done. So I don't know, that, that was a long rant, but um, that's what caught that we, my eye. Because
1: of the work that we've done. Right. We, I just am correcting you, you said you, it's not you, it's we, because you're a part as well.
0: Oh,
1: <laughs> all right, Yes. <Yeah>, true. <laughs> Come on, man.
0: But, but at the time, at the time. Come on, man. Yeah, at the time, I got you. At, at the time, time, when I looked at it, I said, that is, to your point, that is who we as a family want to be a part of. Is because they've earned the right to do it, and that—that's always been my belief, and uh, it's what I saw on the flyer. It's what I saw, even if it was a bad website. I don't remember, but—but but I did oh, remember it seeing
1: was a piecemeal website. Can, yeah. can probably thirty dollars to download. <laughs> Change well, the colors, add your own text.
0: Right. Yep. Well, you know, it's—it's uh, it's all been impactful. We're thankful that you're in the city. We're thankful for the many uh, that, that serve on your team. And the many that come through your doors, the many that have been able to log on on, on TV and watch. And, uh, and I, think, I think whenever this thing clears, there's a whole lot of people that are going to be coming because I don't think, you know, TV's great. It's wonderful. And for some people, it's more comfortable. That's awesome, too. But I think a lot of, the, to your point, there's nothing like live. There's nothing like being around other people and we need to get back to being together again. And, and I know we're still, we're trying, we're fighting through it, but I, I, can't, I look for the day when we can all be back shoulder to shoulder not six feet apart, not wearing masks, but just, just being able to just be there, you know?
1: Well, I hope I see you on Christmas Eve.
0: We, uh, we got our tickets, so I I don't remember what day or time, or I don't remember what time, I know it's Christmas Eve, but, uh, man, I appreciate you. Thanks so much, Chad. We love you and your family. Merry Christmas to you. Um, and thanks for coming on again. I appreciate it. Yeah. Good to see you. All right, brother. Talk to you.